Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Hello, Apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast where we take you through the ups and the downs of the video game world. We are here on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. However, if you want to support the grassroots independent endeavour, head over to patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital and join the community. Hashtag hand in pocket. On this edition, I am once again joined by the one-time FGL Grand Prix winner and reigning Grand Prix winner. It's the resident referee, Logan. How's it going? Yeah, not bad. As soon as you said that, it made me want the title the two-time, which is Mm, what? Greedy. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's just got a ring to it, and that's what Dr. Disrespect calls himself, the two-time video gaming champion... (laughs) And uh, I don't know, I like the idea of being called a two-time. So is Dr. Disrespect's two-time based on anything, or is, he just, is it just a... I mean, look, it's nonsense, isn't it? it? He ain't won anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I can't... It, I think it says 1993, 1994. Yeah. Like, I don't... I can't... There is a backstory he's created. But there is law. If there's there any is truth law. to it. The Dr. Disrespect law, Yeah. Up there, the bollocks that we spout over over these many years. Um, so I said actually that we're going to try and get a more balance, so you're not pulled in as often. And then you've had to do two weeks on the bounce because that pisshead's out drinking again. Yeah, and Kins well, has let himself down again. It'll happen. Um, so I don't mind though. I like being here and uh, talking bollocks every Friday. Cool. Don't tell them when it is. It's usually Fridays. But um, mm. exposes the business somewhat. But I think that's important sometimes because the news moves along so quickly. At least mm. it gives you an out, doesn't it? Go, well, we recorded it Friday. And they're like, oh, they didn't know about whatever, it. whatever happened on Saturday and Sunday mm. when, when Sony bought Microsoft. Yeah. Why is that not on the podcast? Yeah, exactly. Well, you have to just can. I think if something like that happened, you'd have to just can what was there and say, look, we'll just have to get back for something that big. But well, uh, yeah, or you leave what it is and then do a little add-on. Yeah. You do like a little supplementary podcast. I suppose, where you go, I suppose go as long as talk about not, that. As long as it's not contradicting what's the, the new stories, I guess that's a way of doing it. That anyway. That will happen. That will happen. Trying to shorten these little bits so we can get into the game reviews. No, or, won't or, allow or, it. It's not allowed, is it? Um, FGL update. Mm-hmm. So there's been some movement. I'm going to start with Hall first because he's... He's got some good news and he's got some bad news, unfortunately for him. The good news is Shin Megami Tensei Persona Portable 3 has come out and scored himself an 80 in the Grand Prix. So no disgrace there. He's got to be semi-pleased of that because an 80 is no disgrace, especially for your 10th game. The bad news mm. is he'd been a tad cheeky and he rolled the dice a little bit. He put Persona 4 Golden in his Grand Prix team. Which is fine, but we had a Persona 4 Golden page already there. Granted, it was two and a bit years old, and it said PC in brackets. 
So the assumption was, and I was backing him for this, I thought he was played a blinder, that this current-gen release that we, we, we're getting of Persona 4 Golden would get a new page. But what they did on, on, on when the reviews come out for Golden, they took the PC part of it and slammed all the reviews into the existing page, which already had a score. So the guarantee of an 88-90 sort of window was flush. That's, that's invalid. Mm. Hall will have to transfer out Persona 4 Golden if he doesn't want to have a zero there. Um, just quick thoughts on that, because if you're going to play silly games, sometimes you'll get burnt in this this FGL. It's Open Critic don't seem to have the mm. ultimate consistency for you to, to, to guarantee these sort of behaviours work. Yeah, so I don't touch them. Mm. If there's a re-release or something like that or something going on, I go, nope, ain't worth the risk. Um, I mean, Hall's obviously looked at it and on a balance of probabilities. As you say, even you were backing it. Yeah. So, you know, it's a fair assumption to make, but it's always a risk, isn't it? I, I, it's not it's not hard just to delete PC out of the title, is it? And then no. they lump it in there. Because when you're looking at it, if I was doing that, and I was doing the admin, I'd probably just do that anyway. I'd go, I'd just chuck them in with all the others, delete PC, off you go. Yeah. Having like a real small insight into how a web page works or anything technology-wise, where you've got to upload a video or whatnot, creating something new again when it's already there is a hassle mm. that I wouldn't yeah. want to go through. Tagging it all, the metadata, is all this nonsense that you have to do. So Open Critic took the feet-up approach and it stung Hall, unfortunately. So unless there's something unprecedented that happens and they do eventually split off into a new page, he will need to get rid of Persona 4 Gold. And that was a very... You know, it's sitting on a 90-ish at Metacritic. So you, that's what probably what it would have got on PS5, that is. That's probably yeah. the round of what he's looking at. So that's unfortunate because mm. that's a very good score. As we know, for a, for a game that oh, was number what seven. a shame! <laughs> Poor old Hall. And then we get into a game that was going to impact you. You finally get on the board with with your team. Adcock bringing home the bread this time. Fire Emblem Engage nailed itself an eighty three, which is Adcock's pick, and it's in his Grand Prix team as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that? This is Adcock's second pick, so it wasn't his primary pick. He was last to be picked in the entire thing. I mean, if that's the last in and the bottom of the barrel you're scraping there, I don't think there's too many complaints, is there? No. I mean, my well, only my only preference would be, and I said to him in the group, I was like, really, at this stage, you're looking for 85 plus. So he's... It, when it comes down to it and you're looking at it and there's a few points like it was between me and Adkins or whatever mm. it is in that it can come down to that but um, yeah I, I think I'll take based on what I've said to, in all the podcasts it's like he's chucking out Alaskan truck simulators yep. this that, and the other it's like if he gives me 83s all along then thank you very much I think I'll take it yeah got to take what you can get off that boy so mm. that's uh, it's, I f that's actually a little bit lower than I thought it was going to get only yeah, because um, Free Houses which is a I don't know if it's a sequel but it's the next Fire Emblem game I don't know if there's any story pullover I haven't looked it up myself don't think there is that got an 89 just a I'm few pretty years sure ago. I picked that yeah, you I'm made one sure of them. One of my team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's and that's why the eighty-five probably minimum was expected there. And for that to come at an eighty-three, yeah. you think, well, what are you playing at Nintendo? But you know, it's not a, it's not a tragic score by by any any stretch of imagination. That gives you the, obviously the lead. Parky hasn't got a game out yet, so he's going to be looking to get on the board. Um, but you've got quite a few coming up. Dead Space coming next week. 
You should yeah. be should be getting a score for that. Hogwarts Legacy in February, Star Wars Jedi Survivor in March, Resident mm. Evil in April. I mean, you could be almost halfway there by the time we even get into the first transfer window at this rate. I mean, that's where you want it. As yeah. long as they get good scores, I think. Um, Putting but, pressure on him. Again, though, if you it, it, the, the, have less subs, the better. Mm. So, you know, every sub costs you five points. So, again, you're better off. As, you're better off with a with an 82 than you are subbing something out and getting an 84. Yeah. So, you just got to bear that in mind. Absolutely. In terms of the Grand Prix, Adcock is currently top leading Hall on paper. Paper on 74 at the moment with his one-piece Odyssey that released and was scored the other week. Hall on 80 and Adcock on 83 with Fire Emblem Engage. Now, do any of these games speak to you? No. No? I ain't speaking to me. Just fire that switch up for Fire Emblem? No, I didn't play the... um, I haven't played any of the Fire Emblem stuff. I just know it reviews well. Yeah. Um, Doesn't doesn't touch me what about you well i've got fire emblem three houses on the mm. switch never booted it up <laughs> so that's a really good investment there so one day i'll get to that so engage is behind the queue there especially as it scored a bit worse as well i think well i've got the better one out of the two on this switch at the moment persona yeah. 4 golden it is on game pass as is persona 3 portable so you know you love your game pass you could maybe give that a go big sprawling yeah. japanese rpg but People I, love it. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I'm more inclined to bin Persona 3 portable because it looks a little bit old, if you're asking me. It's a portable version of the game they've ported. And then Persona mm. 4 Gold. I've heard Persona 4 and 5 are both really good, but again, her Persona 5 is probably the better of the two. So I think, mm. why don't I just take up the, the most recent one in that case? And then and they're long games as well. You're talking about 80-odd hours minimum. I think Persona 5 is 100-odd, so... That's where I stand with that. But for you, not in, I didn't think it would be, but I best ask the question. I've niggled with Persona. Like, mm. I've sort of gone, hmm, am I missing something with it? But if you ain't done it, no, I don't think so. I don't think it would be my sort of game, an anime sort of style RPG. I just don't, I just don't think Turn-based so. Turn-based so. combat. Your favourite. Yeah, I, I don't really like... The, everything about it just screams I'm not going to enjoy that, yeah. so why bother? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, that's the FGL. We'll be updating as and when the games come out and uh, see where things land. It's going to be an interesting year for sure. Let's get into the main meat of it. DICE Awards nominations. So this is the Game of the Year Awards for, for DICE, which is the... This is the industry at large. This includes developers. It also includes executives for publishers places like that we've got the gdc the game developers uh, conference which run their own choice awards that's for developers only mm. obviously we have the keelys which ran in december which is basically the media award um with our coveted own dim digital game of the year which, which rolls around and then there's also lurk in the baftas which i feel like as we're from these shores we should back even though one year they gave it to Destiny, Game of the Year, which still, like, vanilla Destiny. <laughs> that's the cons- worst form. That's concerning, isn't it, that that got through the the pack and came out on top? The only thing that I can ever think about that was that the gunplay was that good. They went, yep. Sky the rest of it was just, um, was not. No. Anyway, we'll back them anyway, because mm. that's the best we've got from these shores. Yeah. And, and people in America seem to respect it. 
the BAFTA. Obviously, we've got the television and film awards that are obviously more prestigious, I would say, than the gaming awards. But they've got that label, I guess, that carries mm. a bit of weight over the over the Atlantic. Anyway, the Dice Awards themselves are going to be taking place Thursday, the 23rd of February. We have the nominees. We're not going to go through every category or anything like that. Just a quick look at it. God of War has 12 nominations, followed by Horizon Forbidden West of 8 and then Elden Ring with 7 I must say, I am surprised that God of War. I don't think. I think Game of the Year will not go to God of War. We'll go through those sort of five they've given there mm-hmm. in, in a moment. But I'm surprised that it seems to be in in the Keeleys and now this. It's got the most nominations. It seems to be ticking more boxes. Then again, Elden Ring is a Souls game, which perhaps doesn't tick the boxes as required. <laughs> what do you, uh, where do you stand on that? Was you expecting that, or, or just because Elden Ring scored so highly? that it should have more nominations than God of War? Not necessarily. I think to what you said, I think God of War uh, does everything, you know, and in full transparency. I haven't as yet completed Ragnarok, but I'm, I'm working my way through it. I'm, I'd say I'm savouring the game mm. more than anything. Um, but, you know, everything about it is excellent. Whereas Elden Ring, I feel, is one of those games that does that fucking impossible game... <laughs> <laughs> no help really well and it, people seem to love it I'd fucking hate it I don't really understand it myself it's like it's like horror films what are we doing what are you getting out of it but anyway um, you got to watch that Last of Us now it's on telly yeah I know yeah I have did you watch the first so, one no not no. yet no Ooh. I was going to watch it today actually um, to see how I get on with it but um, hopefully off. it is well, I'm kind of hoping it's the sort of thing I, it's, it's, I can watch it because yeah. I suspect it's going to be borderline for me. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a bit surprised, but at the same time, I'm not. I think everyone, you know, I'll be glad to hear the back of Elden Ring a little bit because I'm <laughs> sick of everyone fawning over it so much. Don't see how it can be that good. I don't. I don't subscribe to it either. I don't subscribe to the the third coming of Christ because that's what it was being given, basically. Um, why is it better than any other Dark Souls game or Bloodborne? I don't understand why. Open like, world what? now. Is that the difference? It's basically because it's open world and um, it doesn't have the open world tropes that say, for example, Horizon Forbidden West has in that you know you have a bit of a checklist of items to do. Now, I have problems with that having nothing over something because there's it's, you can't keep track of things. Like you literally have to make your own list. So it kind of goes, in my opinion, too far the other way, where it gives you, it gives you nothing, it tracks nothing, and therefore you're kind of left to your own memory. How the and, fuck, though? Well, they're not they're on the internet. They're on the internet it's looking It's like that fucking Pokemon one. Yep. It's like a Pokemon one. Like, just fucking show me where I've got to go. Why I don't understand how these things in this day and age are now seen as positives. Oh, it yeah. doesn't help me. Well, all right. How? What are we doing? Like, it just I find it bizarre. Like, if you like that sort of game, it's fine. But it's like banging on Football Manager on here. It's like I like that sort of game. No one else does. You know, people don't just sit there clicking around on shit all the time. Why is that not getting game of the year? I don't. Yeah. I just I find that that you know everyone said it's played it is that they really enjoyed it. Fine, I get it, but. When you look at, you know, God of War, I don't understand. I mean, if God of War perhaps would come out a bit earlier in the year, I wonder if there'd be more fawning. 
I wonder Maybe. if it's sort of a thing. I mean, it, it, which goes against common recency bias. People always prefer and favourite things that they've played my re- most recently. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just getting a bit wound up of hearing about Elden Ring. Well, I think we've got this next phase of like awards that will happen the early part of this year. And then after that, there'll be a DLC drop, maybe another one. You won't have to hear about it again. I think that'll be because Zelda will be out in May or whenever it's dropping. And then that'll be the new, that'll be the forthcoming of Christ. Yeah, and yeah. you won't be able to escape that, unfortunately, running at 20 frames a second on that fucking <laughs> Switch. Anyway, Game of the Year, there's actually five nominees. You've got Elden Ring, unsurprisingly, Horizon Forbidden West, unsurprisingly, God of War Ragnarok, unsurprisingly. And then they got two little little ticklers on there. Stray once again appearing, which was mm. widely criticised by the fans because people didn't, didn't feel that as worthy, but it's on, it's on the Dice Awards nominations. And then Vampire Survivors. Now, I don't know if you've played or looked at this game. I've not, but it is racking up some serious hours of people. There's a real addiction going on. And is that the Battle Royale game? I don't think, no. I don't know what it is. I think no. it's like a roguelike. Um, Adcock has played it on his phone because it's free on there with ads. So it might be worth jumping into if you're interested. But that is definitely <sighs> getting people... They fucking love that game. I think Phil Spencer's played like 300 hours of it, something stupid. He posted his stats. Like he's- Stop doing that. Stop, stop fucking about on that game and sort out my console and get me some good games. Sick of it. 300 it's- hours in Vampire Survivors. So it might be more. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, putting that in. True That's game, they say. Mm. But here's the, there's the five there. Any, I mean, I'm going to ask you to guess who might win. It's a, it's a crapshoot, but I think there is a, yeah. there's an obvious well, kind it's probably going to be fucking Elden Ring, isn't it? It's just going <laughs> to... I mean, I, I'm crapping on it, but and I've never played it, and it's not my sort of game, but I, I just... <laughs> If it was if, if if you were sitting there and everyone else was going, it's unbelievable because of all this. But what you're actually saying is it's the same as pretty much it's the same formula except they've gone do what you want and we're not going to tell you what's next. Well, mm. I don't understand how that's uh, and it runs like toss apparently. It does run it? like toss, yeah. I don't know. That, unbelievable. That gets a free pass. Well, Zelda will get one. They'll say, say those Sony games get free passes. It's- Mind you, Pokemon does as well because they go, oh, yeah, well, it's just like Pokemon. You go, well, why are you excusing the fucking utter diabolical performance of it then? Not allowed. Mm. Xbox head Phil Spencer spent 233 hours playing Vampire Survivors. Survivor, well, I mean, I won't crap on it because I don't know what it is, but he should be doing something else with his time. Because <laughs> he's obviously playing other stuff as well. And then oh, yeah. 233 hours into that. Well, he loves By the it. way, you may come on to this, but... Mm-hmm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 yep. is up for outstanding achievement in art direction. Yeah. There's a, Hello? There's a... Uh, I don't know about that one personally. I think if there's a a best graphics category, you could argue maybe the campaign has that. But art direction to me suggests some level of flair and a little bit of uniqueness, not just a... You know, a, a photorealistic model of people shooting each other. Do you know what I mean? Like art direction oh suggests something unique. Outstanding achievement in character. Mm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Alejandro Vargas. I mean, I can, I can only assume they didn't want to put all of God of War's characters well, in there. Well, they put them in there, but it's just like, what? It's not even that sort of game. Anyway, I haven't played that either, so I should stop crapping on stuff I haven't played. But it just seems odd to see it in there, I think, more than anything. Anyway, I'll stop derailing it with 
They've struggled. Well, also, I saw they delayed their season two. They have. What's that all about? Oh, I don't know. Are you it's busting just... for new content or are you like, all right, don't matter? Well, it's coming, it's coming I mean, two this, weeks later and that's... This is a rabbit hole. I mean, it is what it is. It's been, now, it, it's been like that since November, so I'm sure I can last it out another couple of weeks. Mm. But um, it's more the changes that they're making are just a bit bizarre. They're basically stripping it back. In a, before long, what we'll have is basically Warzone 1.0 back again. <laughs> They'll go, Verdansk is back. Have that. Will you love it? And that's what it'll be. Everything will be back to the same. It's bizarre. <laughs> they, the, the problem is they, and I was chatting to someone the other day about that. They pretty much, in, when they released Warzone 1.0, they they hit gold. Like mm. with the balancing, the map, all of the gulag stuff. Everything was like the the the, the best it was going to be. Yeah. But obviously, they didn't know that. So they no. just tinkered relentlessly to a point where they then took Verdansk away and Caldera come back and everyone it? fucking hated it. All the change, basically every change they've made, most people have gone, this is worse. Like they've continually <laughs> made it worse. And they went, here's Warzone 2.0. And they went, why is it? What's all this shit? Um, and they made a load of changes and now they're slowly backing that out again to, to how it was in 1.0. Bizarre. Oh, there you okay. go. You'll have fun with that then when that drops. I think it's February 15th or something it's been moved to. So. I'm waiting to see what else pisses me off. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it ain't that hard in my view. But that's another rabbit hole. We go down another time. Google Stadia has officially shut down. Yeah. Google streaming service Stadia has officially been shut down just over three years after its launch. The mm. cloud gaming service launched on November 19th, 2019, but failed to gather any real momentum, leading to Google's announcement in September 2022 that the service will be ending. The time has now come, and the Stadia servers were shut down on Wednesday night. So, that's it. Google with mm. an asinine amount of money think, well, we'll have a go at this streaming malarkey. And then three years later, like, ah, can't be supporting that anymore. Let's chuck it in the bin and, and get rid of it. I still don't have my refund, actually. I need to ask them. I think because I paid for it on an old card. Now, this sort of nonsense annoys me because it seems like it's down to me to fucking ask the bank and say, can you, where's that money? They go, oh, we've sent it. You can't fucking pay anything on it anymore, so why are you bearing to send money back to it anyway? <laughs> I have to get up and about that. Um, did you, you didn't dabble into Stadia or even, was you even tempted at any point with what Stadia were offering? Because I bought the Founders Kit, got the controller, which is actually really nice, played it for, I honestly played it for two hours and then never went mm. back. And I'm, I'm fortunate that they were, they, they, they claim they're going to refund me because then I've, I've not been out of pocket. But for you, was it ever even like, oh, just maybe I'll have a little dabble with that. Not really. Um, I've always had doubts about this game streaming stuff. I'd, I'd, maybe I'm just a bit old school in that I prefer to have something downloaded and just play it. Mm. Um, I don't know if I ever... I think I think there's potential for game streaming, <clears throat> but yeah. I don't know when and or how. And I think Google going at it kind of on their own is probably the what was the nail in the coffin almost it's kind of like if they want to do that well why don't you try and partner with sony or someone mm. I, I don't know I'm, sometimes i think it's good to see companies that um 
kind of diversify. But sometimes as well, you think just stay in your swim lane. Just don't, you, you do do what you do well. Stop, stop spending about. money on yeah. Stop messing about. Um, so I always thought it was a bit of a weird one for Google to get into um, sort of game streaming, sort of out of nowhere, really. Um, but it would be you know using it for something like on their Play Store on the on Androids or something like that. Like sure, there must be a better use than just getting people on their TVs to do it. It's kind of like surely they realise that Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, mm. PC, you know, people have got their things already and they're set up with it. Like, what are you disrupting? What are you, you know? Yeah. And in hindsight, it released only a year before the new consoles. We kind of all expected them then. Mm. And... I don't know, when something new and shiny like that's coming along with good hardware that you know, you assume is going to be more reliable, you just mm. think, well, I'll just wait till that. I don't need to dive in on this streaming. streaming well, it's device. a tried and trusted, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's locked into this kind of, uh, you know, have your console, buy your console, buy discs and things, and people are wedded to that way of doing it. Mm. I think, you know, I've, I think we've talked about this multiple times. I think there is a potential in the future to do it this way like plug in the wall sort of thing and off you go but just feels like we're we're a bit away from it i think it's me it might be one of those things where it was right thing wrong time yeah potentially do you think their approach was wrong like you meant you sort of alluded to earlier where they just come out and said look we're going on this on our own for starters and Mm. we are asking you to pay the same equivalent for access to a a server basically to play the games you mm. you you own access to that server but you know it's 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 even an extra degree removed from digital isn't it you know if you if you go yeah. back if you go to having a physical disc that's the ultimate got something in your yeah. hand then you go digital you go well, a bit ropey and then that's like yeah that's a server access digital but you don't even have it in your house it's just no, you know yeah. through through the airwaves or through a cable or whatever yeah, yeah i mean how are you convincing people that that's why is that a more attractive option for mm. people like that's the thing it's like why would you do that why would you select that over anything else like what you know when when android come along they were like our phones are cheaper and you're not wedded to that apple you know prison. ecosystem prison yeah <laughs> so you got more customers like they're offering you a tangible something in, in return if that makes sense whereas you know, with something like this, they're going, well, yeah, same price, same except one yeah. step removed. And, and, you know, you're then out of the ecosystem, been able to play with your friends. And, you know, you're pulling it so far away. Like, there's no tangible benefit to people, really. No. Um, so it's like the same with all these things. Like, what problem are you solving <laughs> for people? Like, what? I can't afford a console. Well, you can you get on, go on Xbox, is it all access and get one of them, pay it off over two years. People just do things anyway, oh, like yeah, they get they credit will. cards, they get loans. And true. Everything's accessible to people nowadays if they want it. Like, really, when you think about it, and you don't have to have a huge amount of income to be able to do it. Um, so, you know, I think if people want a PS5, they want a PS5 and they'll make it happen one way or another. Mm. So, you've got to give people. You know, if you're, if you're saying, yep, we'll let you stream it and, you know, it's going to come in at half the cost of a console. Or do you know what I mean? Or half a, we, you know, your games are going to cost you £25 a pop. You can stream them anytime from our server. It, you know, and you start, all of a sudden people start thinking, oh, for what I want to do, is this an option? Yeah. Whereas, you know, I don't think they ever had some, like a USP that was going to break 
break into that market, I don't think. Maybe I'm talking bollocks. It's always possible. Well, I always just think that this, this you know, streaming in itself, particularly now, and maybe for a long, maybe forever, but never would say that and, and, and bet me house on it, that it's always mm. just going to be part of, and it's going to be optional. It can't just be the only solution that you're offering as a business to someone because, mm. as we've seen here, people just don't want to do it. Like, I think what, Phil and Xbox have with Game Pass and xCloud that's the way you are at that point you're not saying this is the only way to play it on your phone you're actually saying if you have a problem and you're away and you want to play it we actually have streaming there as an option for you but also mm. you can you can whack down the 450 quid or, or do an all, ac- all access deal and we'll we'll take it out of your mm. account you know for over two years or whatever the term is and yeah. you can play it that. Or it's, it's just a little Brucey bonus there. Rather than it being the actual product that you're streaming the game, it's like, no, we offer streaming as a service mm. in addition to what you're currently doing now, which we know that you, you enjoy because we can see you're fucking booting that hardware up. <laughs> yeah, and I've I just got to add, it's like, I, even when I stream stuff now, if I can download it, I will. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, if I can download it and watch it on the go or do something, I, you know, I'm not going to be reliant on on something being streamed and and buffering and doing all that kind of stuff. So, I I I wouldn't want to be playing God of War as an example. Then all of a sudden, there's a problem with my bandwidth, or someone start in my house starts watching Netflix, and you know, I just don't really see it as the ideal way to play games. And the majority of this country as well doesn't have a amazing internet connection i think in a lot of ways we're spoiled by being you know in a in a well connected area that's got city fiber and what oh, but fucking there are, i know but if you go out to some more open rural, reach apparently doing that they've fucking got feet up around here it'll find its way through Will it? the majority of well you're just in the you know being to fucking in the, wonder ain't no is it ain't that far away ain't found s good lord <laughs> yeah but you're right that'll get it before go. me and i'll be fuming <laughs> Because I keep getting letters through my door every week. Fucking sign in if you want to go and visit there. City Fiber. I go, I've already got Virgin. Leave me alone. I don't need it. Open Um, reach blowing. But, yeah, it's it's a concern. It might come through when, you know, Starlink or whatever is widely available and net connections. Mm. You can have anywhere with ridiculous speeds and stuff. It might become more viable. But, again, why... Why are people going to move to it over yeah. the existing setup? There has to be an economic advantage, I think, to, to be able to do it. Yeah. And also, we forget the PC crowd, Master Race. Ah, we a, don't, do- we don't yeah. deal with them. Um, 10 million concurrent users they had about 10 days ago, which mm. is their highest peak. Well, it was over 10 million. It was, obviously didn't get to 10 million, then exactly that, and then go back down. Mm. It would be ridiculous. But over 10 million people they had concurrently playing video games. And we know if you go down that road, you're paying in excess mm. of what you get for a console, probably double-ish in the region for a modest PC. So there's, yep. there's, there's 10 million people playing games at any one time that are happy to, mm. to pay out for it. Like this whole, oh, we're going to take away the cost of the hardware. So people are like, well, I don't mind paying for the hardware, to be quite frank. People actively like having <laughs> hardware. Yes. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a don't mind. It's like people like having, people like tech. Yeah. Like, I like technology. I like, you know, better tech. I like better screens. I like, you know, 
things are interesting, aren't they? Technology and devices and things are interesting to interface with. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, and that's what I mean. You take that away, and the whole thing, in a weird kind of way, becomes a bit less interesting when you haven't got the control over the hardware. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a good point. Well, yeah, that's what. Stade is gone. Luna's still knocking about with Amazon, um, who are actually making games and publishing games. They feel like they're, they're doing a little bit more in the in the gaming space rather than just mm. offering a service. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, I still think it's just not ready yet. And it's always going to be. I'm in the camp of where. I, I just can't foresee where I'd want to choose that over. Even if the, even if the outcome is I've got to pay five hundred quid every few years to have mm. some hardware, I'll go. Well, I'll pay it. Like, I don't. I'll save up for it. I'll do what I can to do. It. I don't want to. I don't want the option to ever disappear. And I don't think it necessarily will. I'm just wondering if there will ever be a crossover like we've seen with digital sales, where it was like I reckon there were ten, fifteen years ago, probably ten, fifteen might be going a bit too far back for it to even be an idea. The thought of a digital. Mm. like buying 70 quid or 60 quids worth of a game on digital and not having the disc would have been like oh mm. now we've seen with the European sales data it's the, the majority that are doing that so we always have to be cognizant that things can change among the mass markets here's one for you leaked this is rumour and innuendo so we're not going to talk too much about the specifics <laughs> we don't know if this is true this is sourced from VGC Leaked Suicide Squid images. Suicide Squid? Squid. The Squid Games. Leaked Suicide Squad (laughs) images appear to confirm Battle Pass and more, but Source tells VGC it's dedicated to cosmetics. So we're not talking about that. We're going to do what we did similar to the Naughty Dog thing. We don't talk about their dilemma. But seeing the response, the the outpouring of, oh, God, it's a game as a service. It's live service. I had to, I just had to have the thought, like, why does everyone hate games as a service or live service, however you want to put them? Now, I must Mm. plant my flag in the ground. I don't really play many of these games at all. I don't. Destiny Mm. and Destiny 2 were probably the last ones I played. And since then, I don't... Division! Division... You're right, it kind of is, but it has... It teeters. It teeters on the edge of being one. You're correct. Division 2, and in fact, that's a good link, because that's what's coming at the end of the episode, is the Division 2. No, it's not. That's a liar. (laughs) I fibbed. It's Assassin's Creed. It's Ubisoft, though. I mean, that's almost a game. We've spoken about that. We'll we'll talk about that later on, actually, about how that's almost a single-player game as a service. But no, you're right. Division Mm. 2 probably is on that that edge there. But if you look through what I play, what I come back with, it's very rarely. There's probably one of these a year tops. Yeah. But there's obviously lots of people out there that do enjoy them. Um, You could argue that World of Warcraft... And the MMOs were the first games of the service with the subscription model. Like it's mm. an ongoing world with ongoing, you know, content that's being added. But anyway, mm. the question is, and this is more aimed at you because people don't care about someone who likes their single player games talking like this. But you actively partake in things like Warzone. You yeah. played Apex over the years. Rocket League's always on the go. These live servers, Fortnite. Yeah. It's all there. All the all the big ones yeah, you, yeah. you'll tick off and play in <clears> any given month. Why does everyone else hate games as a service? And why don't you? What do you find appealing towards them? I wouldn't say I I hate or like. I mean, you look at 
I think it depends on execution for, and what you're giving me in return for my money. Mm. And, you know, using Rocket League as an example, I'll look that they give you a Rocket Pass every three or four months or whatever it is and go, this is, you can see what's in it. And they go, take it or leave it. Now, there'll be times when I go, oh, yeah, there's some good, like, cosmetic bits and rocket boosts and cars and stuff. I'll have it. <clears throat> and there are times when there isn't, but they still give you some free stuff throughout the season and whatnot. So I think the way that they do it is better. It has no impact on the game. Um, so I, I don't mind it. Warzone, they'll usually put a fucking gun <laughs> behind it. So, which becomes a meta gun, and then you need that gun. So, they're a little bit more controversial, but Cheeky. I think, yeah, I think basically it depends what the model is. I don't mind a subscription style thing or a battle pass, rocket pass, whatever you want to call it. I'm fine with it. Broadly, as long as it sticks to cosmetics, I'm fine with it. Now, content is a different uh discussion because if they're adding things in and taking stuff out i mean using Fortnite and stuff they use the updates to balance things and chuck stuff out add new stuff in it it can go one or two ways it can go good or bad yeah um i mean i don't, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily supporting a game through a life cycle i'm fine with it as long as it all knits together. I mean, using our experience with Division as an example, mm. they chuck so much shit on top of it that when we come towards it, without giving any spoilers away, <laughs> I think it was a little bit difficult to knit it all together. Yeah. So again, it comes back to the execution of it. Um, but, you know, I think, especially for a game that you like and you enjoy playing, I think it's a really good way of keeping things fresh and, you know, keeping and piquing your interest in it. Um, so I don't... I wouldn't say it's always got to be seen as a negative, but then a lot of people just want to get the content, smash for it, do it, tick it off, and trade it in or whatever. Mm. It doesn't work for those sort of people. Um, there's no, you know, you can't pay your money and get some back at the end of it. You sort of have to stick it out for a longer period of time. Um, so, yeah, overall, to sum up that waffle, <laughs> I think <clears throat> it's a good thing for games that you enjoy. I think clearly you pay some. All right, we'll get God of War and put that on the live service model, shall we? Well,. Don't mm. don't even ponder that. That's that's. Dave chucks it out into the ether. So what well, are we doing? Gaming gods will pick that up, and that's what we we'll yeah. get out of them now. You. I think for the right games. I mean, I think I've been pretty vocal in that. You know, I don't think certain single player. Ex- I don't think it works very well with single player or predominantly single player experiences. I think with multiplayer games, it can work. I don't think you know, in the Assassin's Creed world or the Division world, it's. Uh, it's executed as well and fits in as well. I think they're better kept as, you know, if you want to release DLC, great, then yeah. release DLC and then that becomes a separate part of the game. But don't make me be jumping on for these sort of two-week special events and stuff because what we're we doing. There's a festival going on. Yeah, it's that sort of stuff where I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, why are you bringing me back to this? <laughs> Tell you what annoyed me about that is they've done the same festival two years in a row. Like, which makes sense, but I thought there was going to be new stuff to get. There wasn't. I was yeah, like, well, no. Just an annual festival at Christmas for you. It's not a living world. I haven't switched it on in six months. These people have just been yeah. stood here, as far as I know. They have, because that bloody Xbox don't let you close a game down. It's always quick resuming every time. I don't even have to don't turn even... it off now. I know. <laughs> every time I boot my console up now, or like turn it back on, I have to go through into my, my games and close the games that are open. Mm-hmm. 
because half the time it don't work anyway. It just fucking balls them up. Yeah. So it's a completely pointless feature. <laughs> it's one of his big big USPs. Poor old Phil, crapped on again. Don't work. Doesn't work for the majority of games. It just upsets them. No. I'm not completely anti-games as a service, but they are down the rung of priorities, and that's where they always come to. What I find distressing about a games as a service is keeping up. Mm. You can use Destiny as the example. There was a time when I was pretty much up to date with that. That was before they started doing seasons. Then I pop on and they've, they're doing seasons every three months or whatever the time scale is, mm. as well as one big expansion every year, maybe two, or maybe even a smaller one. And I was like, I can't, I can't keep up with this. And then mm. once I miss the cycle, you miss one cycle, one season, you're then behind the curve, and then you're like, well, how do I catch up? They go, well, you can't because mm. we vaulted that. And you're like, well, what are we doing here? And even if I wanted to, I've then got a 30-hour grind ahead of me just to get up to date for the next piece, and then that's not going to end until... Yeah. Well, I just don't play games in that way. I very rarely do I play ongoing games. The, the longest games you'll catch me playing are management games or sim games, which aren't service games at all. They are, they're almost mm. infinite in the, the fact that you, you sort of... I use F1 manager. I could just play as many seasons that as I wanted. We just keep mm. going and keep going. But the idea of playing Destiny two indefinitely, which I feel like I want to do because I want to, I want to soak up all the lore and whatnot, just doesn't appeal to me. And I think, well, part of that's my personality. It doesn't allow for that, does it? Ronnie don't accept half no. half baked measures. It's either all or nothing. Mm. So there's always going to be a struggle. Yeah. But on the other side of things, it's also time. There's a million games out there. I like to get one, get it done, tick it off, and then let's let's pick this up. What's this? Oh, Pentiment. Oh, what's this? Mm. Norco. Whatever it might be. Have a go at that. Oh, mm. Dead Space is coming out. Let's play that now for a week or two. And I don't feel like the games of services let you breathe. They want you they there. Don't. They want you there That's all the, the time. Idea, with, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely right. And I'm uh, in the minority they're, they're, as well. I must state that. Yeah. I don't know if you're in the minority. I sort of sit halfway in between. I think in that. I enjoy playing them, but I like doing things when I want to do them. Yeah. I don't like the feeling that the game is... Dictating I don't terms. Like that I'm, yeah, I'm just sort of like an NPC in life. And <laughs> I just have to just play this game on autopilot just to get... Do you know what I mean, though? You yeah. sort of not... The game then dictates your attention rather than you dictating your attention to the game. Yeah. And that's what I don't like about them is that, you know, you using Destiny as example, you're in there doing those weekly, like raids and weekly tasks and nightfalls and this and the other to get the rewards to not get left behind and then you're in this as soon as it's hooked you into that grind you, you you're not doing it most of the time you're sitting there grinding saying away fucking hating your life like going this i just want this over and yeah. you're forcing yourself into it and that's what i don't like about live service sometimes when it's executed that way is that it you know, rather than it just you progressing naturally with your play in the game, you artificially are just there, you know, spending time putting hours into it, grinding away. So it's a tricky balance with them. That's the advantage with things like Call of Duty, Warzone and, and Rocket League. There's no real narrative that you need to keep up with. It's just play the no. game. Whereas Destiny, there is narrative mm. threads and spider webs that, that, that go yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Yeah. That's where I get distressed. And that's why it's been I'd... super successful, though. Oh, of like, course, you know it's not us saying it shouldn't be there. No, you know, no, no. A lot of people really enjoy that, and all the you know 
Destiny Dave will be sitting there going, well, I wanted more content. This is exactly the sort of stuff I wanted because that's that for a period of time. I don't know if it's now, but, you know, he was mainlining that game. That's what he did, and that's yep. what he wanted content on. He's so, back on WoW now. Good Lord. The original Hook's back in on that. Exactly. That's what happens. Mm. Anyway, well said. People do seem to despise games and service. I'm willing to give this particular one a benefit of the doubt and just see what it's all about because I think how it's structured and how it's executed, as you mentioned earlier, is key. You, it doesn't mean you have to hate the game, well, from my yeah. perspective. I don't have to hate the game if it ends up having live service elements. If mm. I can jump in, and even if it's predominantly multiplayer, which is, this game does offer multiplayer, if that's the way to play it, like The Division, I can work mm. my way around that. just means that you know we're not going to necessarily be scrapping to get battle passes for it. But that's how the cookie crumbles. Anyway, the main event for this edition, as we mentioned earlier, is... Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Not the Division 2. That is ready to go, though, so I'll probably have to put that next week now. I've revealed and exposed the business. Mm. But, yeah, we wrapped up Assassin's Creed Valhalla after the final chapter was released late in December. Well, in, um, December 2020. I don't think it was late December, but it was there in, in, in 2022, which basically was the signal that that's it, the m- last main update of the game. Logan and I have played all the expansions that are paid, I had dabbled in all the different content, not necessarily finished it all. And then we finished off this sort of final chapter to wrap a bow on it and reflect on what I see as a bit of an experimental game for Ubisoft, hugely successful in many aspects, but to support the game for two years consistently every few weeks with content and updates and whatnot is something they've not done before for a single-player-only game. There is no multiplayer option for that. So we discuss all that and the game itself and whether ultimately we feel like it was a, a positive or a negative for Assassin's Creed. So look forward to Assassin's Creed Valhalla coming your way and we'll see you on the other side. Here we are then, back with some game impressions. To close out this edition of Idle Game Chat, joined by the 2022 Grand Prix winner, Resident Ref Logan. You won't lose the Resident Ref title, let's confirm. No, I'm fine with that. I'm okay having two. Yeah. Uh, still weird not to be the nearly man, but um, who knows? By the time this goes out, it could have been six months worth of... Uh... It might, yeah, I mean, the weather out there is diabolically cold and pissing it down. It may well be the height of summer. Yeah. By the time this gets out, <laughs> because we backlog our items as best we can to put feet up as much as we can, sort of min-maxing in the in the podcasting space. As people would have seen on the show notes, this says Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is a strange thing to be doing over two years after its initial release. But we have finally completed what we believe was the final kind of content drop. We've had all the paid expansions out. Ubisoft have been supporting it for two years consistently. And then they released late last year the last chapter DLC, which was supposed to sort of close out Ivor's story. Um, and I thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of revisit a game that has been used as a, almost like a game as a service in many ways. You know, constant... Mm drops of content, roadmaps out your ass, and has finally come to an end. But the, the, the kicker is this is a single-player game. We don't often see this 
in this space for these types of games. So if nothing else, it's an interesting experiment, you know, for people to do. And also perhaps those of you that haven't picked it up, you might understand what you're in for because I think my time clocked in at 167 hours um, on my game save. Yours was what, 140, was it? I can't remember what we... Yeah, yeah just n- nearly 146. Yeah. And that's not everything either. I've not completed every single item in this game. There's still two sort no. of added quests, which are like mastery challenge modes and a, a like a roguelite mode, which are just like, I'm not... I don't care enough to be doing this. Like, this is not what I'm in this creed for. This is not what I kind of signed up for two years ago either. Mm. It's absolutely morphed into something completely different in many ways, um, which we'll get into. Let's start with the game page. So I've gone on Ubisoft's site to try and figure out what they're selling. So what we've got here, build your own Viking legend. I was like, okay, fine. Become Ivor, a Viking raider raised to be a fearless warrior and lead your clan from icy desolation in Norway to, in Norway, sorry, to a new home amid the lush farmlands of 9th century England. Find your settlement and conquer this hostile land by any means to earn a place in Valhalla. England in the age of the Vikings, a fractured nation of petty lords and warring kingdoms. Beneath the chaos lies a rich an untamed land waiting for a new conqueror. Will it be you? Write your Viking saga, lead epic raids, engage in visceral combat, grow your settlement, share your custom raider. That's making the main event there. Now, I can only assume that's been left for two years because that's almost certainly not what a lot of the game post-release has been about. You know, there's, there's, there's mm. they haven't updated that to reflect what's actually available there, but... That feels in line with what I played vanilla you know, back in 2020, finishing that up. Does that ring true to you or do you disagree? Yeah, so as you were reading that, I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was thinking that's got base game written all over it. Um, yeah. It doesn't really reflect much of what I've played over the past two years, to be honest. No, they've certainly crept away from that particular narrative focus and structure, absolutely. And just for reference, we did do some gradings for the game and the DLCs, the paid DLCs that have come previously. So the base game, or vanilla game, I should say, I gave it a silver. Atkins also gave it a silver. You crapped on it and gave it a bronze. Dumping ground, some say. (laughs) Paid DLC, we've had Siege of Paris. We both gave it a bronze. Wrath of the Druids, both wouldn't put it in the gallery. Didn't make it. And then Dawn of Ragnarok... You did a solo kind of review with me asking the questions because you got in there early Mm. and it got a bronze. I've since played it and would probably give it... I wouldn't even let it in the gallery, I don't think. I'm so fed up with fucking Odin in this game that that just Mm. was the complete wrong focus for me. I really did not get on with that at all. It was just get through this because I've paid for it now. Yeah. And see what happens. Let's see what happens. Mm. Now, we have to also address the other elephant in the room. This is a post-God of War and God of War Ragnarok game where Mm. they're using the same Norse mythology with different characters. And obviously, it's a completely different spin on it. Mm. But in my view, and people will say, 
and claim bias, <laughs> but I'm not sure whether this... There's no objectivity in this. This feels, compared to God of War, rightly or wrongly to compare it, like a C-level version of those events. So not only are you taking me out of England and taking me away <laughs> from conquering France or Ireland or doing whatever, you're chucking me in this Norse world that I didn't care about to start with, <laughs> and it's coming off the back of a conclusion of Ragnarok, which I enjoyed thoroughly and thought was a fantastic view at that mythology. Are you in this, a similar boat from that perspective? So I know you're, at least it felt to me, you were more into the Norse stuff before all this stuff started, like just generally with the Vikings TV show and all that stuff. Mm. Like, does this feel like a budget version of God of War almost in that the, the story they've concocted also leading into the events of Ragnarok? You're like, oh my God. I mean, obviously they couldn't predict this when they probably started mm. this development years ago, but it's really timing wise, I don't think panned out very well for them. Yeah, so slightly different for me, isn't it? Because I actually played the Creed one before <clears throat> I'd even played God of War. So, oh yes, of course. So you'd you'd so, sort of wrapped up that arc with Dawn so of Ragnarok before of original God of War. Correct. Ah. Yeah. So my flavour of it and my so I can completely understand, you know, when when we're going through things, why we've got a slightly different perception of the story. Like I, I'm sure that if I'd have played God of War and God of War Ragnarok before I had done the Dawn of, War, Dawn of Ragnarok DLC for Assassin's Creed, I might have had a slightly different perspective, right? Yeah. But I completed Assassin's Creed, basically, all the DLC, and then played God of War base game on my PS5, and obviously now subsequently started Ragnarok. Um, so I've come out from a slightly different angle, where if you've literally just come off the high, really, of... yeah. God of War Ragnarok, and then to play Dawn. the Dawn of Ragnarok is going to be, you know, a massive come down. So it's a slightly skewed, I would say, perception. Sure. But there's no, there's no two ways about it. Like the God of War story and use of the mythology is, and the narrative that they weave is much, much better than the narrative that, that Assassin's Creed, yeah. you know, go and weave. And that, you know, I don't think that's. I think it would be unfair to expect Assassin's Creed to do the same thing with an open world game. There's slightly different to God of War, but that being said, it is difficult to then enjoy Assassin's Creed after the highs of the God of War interpretation because they build out the character. The one thing that's always frustrated me about Assassin's Creed is that you never really, beyond Eivor and a few other characters, you don't ever really get... You only scratch the surface. Mm. Like there's so many characters that you scratch the surface of, and that's part of the problem. I think is that they don't really build that out enough. Mm -mm. No, it's definitely not as rich or as dense, is it? In the character work alone, and even on the locations and whatnot. I think we're treated to Asgard and what's it, mm. Svartalfheim, or how you're supposed to say it, all the Fs yeah. roaring around. <laughs> I, I want to ask this. So there are obviously yeah. overlapping characters in this. Yeah. Sindri, Brock. But they're called... Brocker, for example, yeah. is called Brocker in, in Assassin's Creed, but he's just called Brock in God of War. Who's got that right? Who's got it wrong? Who's made the right decision? Because I knew I knew who they were because it was, it's obvious yeah. that there's, a, there's a transition there. But mm. what, do you know what they're playing at there? Is there like a is there like a sort of one of them's trying to do it natively and one's just sort of westernised it for English speaking languages? I don't know for certain, but I think that ironically, Assassin's Creed have tried to use the yeah 
more original. Yeah, and that's why you've got like Harvey instead of Odin and stuff. Yeah. And it because I think it took me ages to figure out that I was actually playing as Odin. I was like, it looks like Odin. He's got one eye. Like he's got one eye, but he's called Harvey. And I was like, I've never heard this no, I kind of interpretation. So they've kind of gone down the law route, I think. Um, but I, you know, broadly speaking, almost for every character, I prefer the God of War interpretation, which yeah. is actually not really in line with the portrayal that you'd usually have in a Norse way. I mean, you know, without having spoilers, God of War, like Thor in, in God of War is this sort of fat slopper that, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of... Do you know what I mean, though? And you don't... Yeah. So, I mean, especially like in modern... Um, like, take it to him. You take the Thor films, it's kind of like, it's like, yeah. you know, attractive, like, hero, like, Superman-style Thor, really. And it's kind of like... They do take this interesting way of um, having their own interpretation, but I feel like uh, Assassin's Creed very much tries to keep it to the kind of accepted stereotypes, if you like, mm. of, of those characters. Yeah. I just, in, in general, didn't enjoy much of the the Norse stuff they put into this game. Like For me, the mm. game was at its best when you're either in England, roaring rounds, mm. conquering, doing quests, raiding. Mm. Do it. When it was the Viking game... Yeah. And unfortunately, and this I know Assassin's Creed diehard fans love all this stuff, but the, whatever they seem to want to do with this goddamn overarching Isu storyline that's connected into yeah. the North stuff, I just never, I, I don't understand what's going on. I've played every <laughs> single one of these video games other than Assassin's Creed Rogue, and I have no idea what they're doing with this stuff. So as soon mm. as it departs from Ivor just conquering and being a Viking. And then sometimes they go after like, they go after artifacts and they're like, Oh, the apple of Eden. I kind of understand that stuff in that context, but then they take it a step too far and then in, incorporate it into this Ragnarok type fucking Norse God. And I just think I've completely lost track of what's even happening. Mm. Here. There's, there's, there's all sorts happening in this video game. And yeah. I think it muddies what could have been a, just a good Viking game on mm. the understanding that Assassin's Creed, they're always going to try and weave in this stuff, but it's normally not as potent and focusing a whole paid expansion onto the, the Norse stuff was a mistake in my view completely. Cause like I said, I never enjoyed that stuff in the main game. It's always like, right, I just need to get through this cack yeah. so I can get back to <laughs> in England. Mm. Did you share the same frustrations and the split between Ivor and Harvey stuff, and then also this overarching layer of whatever is going on about solar flares and whatnot, which I still don't understand what's occurring. Yeah, I, 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 it's always pissed me off in the Assassin's Creed stuff where they're trying to get too clever with it. Elden no, Ring made more sense than this, but I don't, I don't know why they didn't just go at some point. And they go right, we're going to make Assassin's Creed games. I don't they're just going to be in different eras mm. like done and there's I don't like yeah I was completely with you I thought it was at its best when you were Eivor you were meeting the other Viking yep. clans and you know you were talking you're trying to deal with the politics of England and all yep. that kind of stuff yep. I was like this is that's and that's where you know two thirds of my playthrough time come from was was doing that and you know it gets a little bit exhausting don't get me wrong I'm not going to say it was all great but that's when the game was at its best. And, um, 
you know, the, the thing that the Norse stuff does do is give you a real license to do whatever you kind of want with that world. And they've obviously yeah. gone, well, look, we can do this whole other thing, which arguably you could do a game on, like yeah. as Odin, yeah. if you wanted to do that. I don't know why they wove it in. And Eivor's almost like this reincarnated Odin and yes. stuff. And they're kind of like trying to weave all that. And I'm just sort of like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like... And I, I said to you before, you kind of get invested, or at least I did. I got invested in Eivor as a mm. character. And then all of a sudden you find yourself as another character that has already got a predefined story that's been created and is of legend. Yeah. And is also a memory. So you're, you're not, you don't feel like you're affecting that. You feel mm. like you're playing through a memory. So it's like, well, this is inconsequential anyway. And also, just to add to that, don't forget, you're playing through Eivor for a simulation. Yeah. So you're going, it's like fucking Inception. You're going like another yeah, layer deeper yeah, into yeah. it and you're like, what yeah, is going right. on here? Yeah, it is. It's, it's exactly that. Yeah, you're kind of in a dream in a dream. Yeah. It's just a bit, yeah. I, I, and it's just not, it's just not as, um, it's just not as engaging, I think. And to your point, it's kind of like get through this to get back to Avor so I can go and slay some, some Saxons or whatever. It is, yeah, I, I did struggle with that. And it felt like with all the, with each expansion, you got further away from yeah. that base game, which is, you know, I'd have loved to have done things like gone off to Iceland. I mean, I preferred France for a start because yeah. you're doing that. You're kind of off raiding in a different country. And, I, you know, Ireland was pap. We know that. <laughs> France was a little bit better. The rats were, were not great. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I'd have loved to have done something. And there'd been this kind of <laughs> sub-story in Iceland because Iceland's one of those famous... Um, Viking places, they they kind of mm. saw it as um, as the place to go for some reason. I don't know why. It's that weather, isn't um, it? And it, it could have just been a good a good kind of sub story for Avor, but for whatever reason, they never they touched on it right at the end. Yeah, there's a reference to Iceland being like yeah, like yeah. you mentioned actually. There's like a reference that Iceland's there's allies that are out there sort of struggling with the winters and, and whatnot and you think oh yeah that would have been an interesting place to go for an expansion keeping in mind we just had Ireland we just had France and England which are all green rolling hills guess what Iceland is fucking snow it would have been at least a change of location yeah. and environment mm. to, to deal with but alas I know we had Norway actually which would have been it would have just been a cut and paste to that to be fair yeah, yeah let's not yeah. give them too much credit that they would have <laughs> Yeah. something unique out of the bag because they, they wouldn't have done but yeah it over time it just became uh, le less and less engaging and mm. look, I don't know whether this is the right approach for a single player game maybe we'll touch on that right at the end but here's a, just a high level view of what we were treated to so we had three paid expansions which we've spoken about ad nauseum sort of ranging from average to good to okay to not very good mm-hmm they then treated everyone to 13 roadmaps throughout two and a bit years, mm. ranging from all sorts of content festivals and added, yeah. added like free quest lines, which were always not very engaging. There were literally one quest and done. I was like, why are you even, mm. what's the point in this? <laughs> we got a roguelite mode that was again, focused in fucking Odin's world, which I was like, well, we're not going to be doing this then. There's mm -hmm. challenges, there's mastery challenges, there's uh, all manner of, of two has been added on to this game <laughs> in two years. And I, I'm glad I got through it at this stage and did it piecemeal because I think if you pick this game up in 2023, 
Say you mm. buy the Ultimate Edition and you buy the Dawn and Ragnarok. I'm, I'm, maybe they will just release a big package of all this stuff and it'll be like one retail skew. But in the absence of that, if you pick the main game up along with the expansions and the paid stuff, with all the free stuff that's now just chucked in there, I, I, I just can't understand. At some point in the game, like when you get to Ravensthorpe and it sort of breaks open, it'll just go... Bleh! And there'll be just this <laughs> dozens of crap that's in your way. But like how can anyone... Pick this up in 2023 and not just be completely overwhelmed with what's there. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know how how they're going to structure it in a way that... I mean, even if you got to the end of the vanilla game and then all of a sudden... That's 100 hours? <laughs> yeah, but you get to that. Then all of a sudden there's all this free toot that pops up. Yeah. and Yeah, I, I don't honestly don't know. Um, it's... It's a tricky one, you know, whether it's kind of like, unless you, your save game was before X date, you miss out on some of some bits or whatever. I, I don't really know. Yeah, I think the timed um, festival stuff is only at certain times. So you, you can, yeah, yeah. That, they bring that back every year, it seems. So that stuff will be gone. But there's still going to be, you know, another half dozen, I reckon, of just extra quests that just suddenly pop out, out of nowhere. And again, is it gated behind the player completing the vanilla game? I mean, that seems like a logical mm. way to do it, but then how many people are going to get that far? Same with the paid DLCs. I'm assuming they are open as soon as you get to a certain stage in the game early, so people that have paid for them can play mm. them out of order even. They can just go off and, and do them. But yeah. 13 roadmap items over three years of just constantly adding cosmetics, mm. items, and smaller quests. And like we mentioned earlier, it's kind of like a live service approach to a single-player game. Yeah. Does this... Is this a failed experiment, I guess, is what I'm asking. I mean, financially, we've spoken about it before. It's made bank. So they've done well with yep. this one. So let's, yeah, not, yeah. let's not forget that. But from a player perspective where mm. I think we're, I'm generally motivated to play everything, not everything, most things in a game and experience it and get to a conclusion where I feel like I've experienced a, you know, a narrative mm. or you know, a start to a finish kind of thing. So when this was rolled out over two years, it was a challenge to keep up with it all. Mm. And I'm not sure whether I, well, no, I'm not sure. I didn't enjoy that process really since the base game finished. But I'm wondering, as someone like you, who's kind of more used to playing multiplayer games, you know, at least for seasons at a time, and then perhaps dropping it and picking something else up and going for another season or a battle pass, whether this spoke to you at all, this sort of format for mm. a for a single player game, um, perhaps a little bit more MMO-like as well, people might suggest with constant updates. But you're more into that area than I am anyway, so I'm wondering mm. whether you had a different perspective. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't like the fact that... It, I, I don't think it works because you're, 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 mm. you're there to complete an experience and then put it down. So... What 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 is the incentive for me to pick these things up? You know, and most things like cosmetics and yeah. all this extra stuff. Sort of, some of it feels like it'd be better. You know, imagine if me and you could party up and go and do joint raids and things like like yeah. things like that would make it more appealing. If it was a bit more like a a Division Two style, I mean, you know, that's not perfect by any means, <laughs> but that at least if you're there doing things together, you can kind of. Um, work through it and there's an incentive to get certain things but it's kind of like I mean I left a number of the quests um, 
outstanding, as you say, because it's kind of like I just don't care enough to just to do it all. But I also, as you learn from the Division 2, I like to clear down where possible in these games. And yeah. I, I feel like it's a bit confused. I prefer to go, right, you got the base game. I mean, you know, we've had an, on, an ongoing kind of text and stuff this year where we'd send each other a, a, an image of like a 16 gig download or something Ooh, for Assassin's Creed you go well what's going on here like yeah. why is this game updating like Fortnite every other week like it shouldn't be doing that it's no. not that sort of game um, so I, I mean I, I, I don't like it particularly I don't think it it works but it's also you know I think we're we're, we're going to a side here where it's called almost like too much content has become a bad thing for this sort of game well, because look, it's not my, what you want. Here's my analogy for that. Too much content can be a bad thing. I, I do agree with that. Bloated games are just mm. the worst, in my opinion. And I always harken it back. Like, I love KFC. <laughs> if you have too much of it... <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that. You'll be sick, wouldn't you? You'll be ill. If you keep having it, yeah. you'll be like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be ill with it. It ain't healthy. So everything in moderation. Exactly. Where possible, yeah. have it in moderation. And that's not kind of what they were asking. They were asking for constant engagement, probably once a quarter or so. Yeah. There'd be something new to jump in. And then I'd be rusty because I haven't yeah. played it since, you know, three, four months mm. ago. By the time I even got up to speed, whatever they'd added was over because it was normally quite short, <laughs> like bite sized stuff. And it just yeah. didn't, it just absolutely did not work for me. I think initially I was kind of like, Oh, this seems like a good idea. Like I felt like the mm. idea of it wasn't necessarily in bad faith or a bad one, mm. but the execution I don't think was was particularly delivered well here. Do you think the idea in itself is just rotten for a single player game, or is it more down to this could work if the execution was a bit more fulfilling? There has to be something like about. I mean, even the division. Like, see, this is one I don't think it's necessarily the type of game. I think it has to. What is it that's bringing these people back? Like with Destiny, what was it that was bringing me back to do stupid quests every week and get certain rewards and things like what? And it's ultimately the gameplay, right? Mm. It's because the gameplay is good enough that you can rehash environments, you can replay things, you've got a party element with your friends. All those things are lacking in a game like this. I mean, the gameplay is okay. It is what it is, but you're not, you know, you can't sit there and say it's the most engaging combat model you've ever played, right? Mm. So um, I think the biggest problem is that you don't, you, you, you enjoy your time in it, but you, there's, it's not good enough for you to want to come back every weekend or every quarter or something. It's kind of like you play it, you go, okay, that was all right. Mm. And as we've said, you know, you gave it a silver, I gave it a bronze. It's not, it's not in that in that gold and platinum tier of games where it's good enough. The base game and the core game is good enough to to bring you back on that regular basis. And arguably, really, it ain't going to get much better, is it? You're just going to play it even more and even more and probably get bored of it, really. Yeah, it, I think that's that's well said in terms of the gameplay. Like, it's not bad, but it's not exceptional. I think anyone would pick up Destiny and say that was exceptional first-person shooting gunplay and still is mm. uh, almost best in class there. So you've kind of you, you can be hooked just on playing the game, whereas this yeah. d- 
does. And also, it doesn't have the repeatable kind of quests, really. I mean, it has. they've added things like river raids, which are sort of mm. endless. Like I said, there's this roguelite Forgotten Saga mode, which they've added, which you can just keep replaying. But what's the purpose outside of getting a cutscene, maybe, at the <laughs> end, which is usually mm. not worth doing? Like, even all the, the smaller stuff they've added wasn't worth getting on. And, you know, you know the, one of the content drops, they've added... Uh, you know, a character that's going to be in Assassin's Creed Mirage, which I think is the next one that's coming out. So trying to already trying to tie this convoluted story into whatever the next <laughs> delivery mm. method is, which is concerning from my perspective. <laughs> I don't want carryover. I don't need any of this. I just cut it and start again if you have to, but they never, they're never going to. And over time, really, I've just become to resent the game somewhat. <laughs> that's the word I think of I just really have yeah like it's just so far from what I remember playing in mm. 2020 2020 yeah and I, blame, I mean, both did I, enjoy that yeah I mean don't that get me wrong conquest. by the 80th 90th hour you're yeah. sort of a bit big by it but thoroughly that experience in the game itself the base game was exactly what I wanted at that time yeah um, so yeah it is everything about it is, is to your point so far from what we what we played a few years back yeah and i just yeah and i just dread to think someone picking this up now and going cool what is all this and i go well you go you've got 13 packs of roadmaps to be dealing with and you know three expansions now which has added its own extra layers there for you to go off and explore plus an already 100 hour odd base mm. game you can get too much yeah I, you know i've i've said to you i think i've probably said on that original review you know that that base game needs to be half that length really <laughs> it does, yeah, it does. There's, there's, way, there's way too much going on there um and uh, i'd have preferred it to have segregated out some of the areas a bit better and stuff but you know i think broadly it started off as a good game and unfortunately i mean i wouldn't say i've come to resent it but well. I've got a bit sick of seeing oh, another download, something else for me to not... Because I don't really want to do it. I think that's no. the point. It's like, I don't want it. I'm not sitting here going, I really wish they'd do something else for it. When you text me saying, oh, there's this like <laughs> other last thing to do, I was a bit like, fucking hell. Like, At what point can I safely just delete this off my console and not have to play it anymore? And it, I think we're there When you're now. at that point of a game, yeah, but when you're at that point of a game, it's not a good sign, is it? Where no. You're like, and I know that the, the, the rebuttal to that is why you're bothering. And I do understand that it's sort of like a self-imposed punishment. But yeah. at the same point, they're kind of asking to go back in to find out what happens as well. Yeah. Like the last yeah. chapter DLC. What's the fucking roadmap say here? Let me get that back. Bloody lost it now, and I? Anyway, the last chapter DLC, they were waffling about it, closing out Ivor's story and all this stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, that's um, that's uh, absolutely what I'm... Looking to do 245 hours in, you oh. don't want to miss the last episode. Yeah, exactly. Like, there you go. Look, Ivor's chap- journey is coming to an end in the last chapter. A new free story pack. I mean, they're playing for fire with those sort of words. <laughs> that is not, is it? It's not anything like that. Bringing an intimate closure to the saga of the wolf kiss. Jump in now and discover the, the epilogue that ties up some of the storylines established within the game. Can I just say that is not what I just played? No. Like literally, I done this this morning when we on the day we we're recording it. It is not a pack. No. It doesn't really tie up loose ends. <laughs> it, I mean, they could have literally issued a paragraph 
and save me the hassle of having to go back in there. Really. It was a goose chase yeah. as well, trying to find yeah. fucking memories and whatnot. And I was like, oh I thought God. they were all going to be in bloody Raven's Fall, but then they go, no. no. I was like, I saw the map and I was like, why is that 5,000 meters away? And I was like, you're fuck, No, yeah. not what I wanted. No, not at all. <laughs> it, it, I would say this whole process has been a strange one. I don't know whether it is an experimental type jobby, whether they knew they weren't going to have something like Mirage ready for a couple of years. Mm. And that we know they're moving towards this infinity project where I don't know what that means. Does that mean smaller entries on a big, on an overarching platform? So you just sort of select like a Viking Mm. one or an Egyptian one. And perhaps they're more condensed and less. I mean, that sounds, that's what I'm hoping it's like, mm. but who knows? It might be four of these fucking 200 hour bloaters sitting in there for you to rifle through over the course of a decade. Who knows what they're <laughs> going to do with it? But in this particular instance, they've stretched a game that was okay and good at its time through an extra two years. And for me, it's, it's, it's kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, if I'm honest. Mm. And other than I mean, that, I'm not it. sure what else to say. 50 hours too much content, at least. I mean, for you, I'd probably say it should be 100 hours all in. I mean, 50-hour mm. base game, you know, three 10-hour yeah. um, add-ons, and then 20 hours. If you want to do some free stuff with bits and bobs, then bung it in. It should be 100 hours. But, you know, asking another 50, 60 hours of people post-base game over two or three years is... It's tricky, but you got you know it's it's brought the dough in. So yeah, you know who's who's had the last la- last laugh? Ubisoft have really? Yeah, I mean yeah, they, they've they've got what they they can out of this, and I, I'm just concerned about where they go next. This, let's see I what, don't give a shit to be honest. Well, you can well, well, yeah, that's what I, was, I guess that's a good segue. Like, is that it now for Assassin's Creed for you? But well, was, was this only picked up because it was Vikings? Really? Yeah, like realistically, <laughs> I mean I haven't. You know, I I think we most people that have probably listened to this, and you know, we've spoke many times. Like stealth games are not my no. <clears throat> forte, are they? You know, I don't enjoy those. But this one was much more of a go in there, and I mean, you can do it, but you know, I actually think the fun of this is getting in there and really, ripping you know, them up. ripping them up. And I said that about Horizon. You wouldn't believe me. You kept trying to stealth it. No, I don't like them robots, so. I didn't like them. They, they, was, they unsettled me. All oh, right, okay. They, they, they unsettled me. Um, I don't know <laughs> the why. Dinosaurs. Really. They're dinosaurs. They're just robots. No, I, I don't know why. Some of the noises and things they made unsettled yeah. me, and I was like, mm, this, is, this is not really what I wanted. But anyway. Those raptors um, popping out the bushes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what are we doing? Uh, but yeah, so I think it, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the characters and everything. And I played that pretty much hot off the back of the last Viking series as well. So mm. I was I was proper um proper into it. But before that, I'd picked up Black Flag for a bit, but I was a bit like, mm, Yeah. Not really. Um and I haven't picked up, you know, any of the previous ones like Odyssey and whatnot. So I don't really I'm not invested in the storyline. I don't want to be invested in the storyline and um you know, I've kind of done my Viking bit and I'll I'll move on with my life, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll take a look at Mirage and see what it's all about. Because, like I said, I've played every single one of these other than Assassin's Creed Rogue. And the only reason I didn't play mm. that is because it came out on, at the time, it would have been last gen only. Mm. So that's the year we got Unity on PS4 and Xbox One, and then Rogue was on PS3 and Xbox 
360. And I was like, I've already got rid of my 360 at that point. So mm. I was like, I can't really go back and do that. That's the only one I've not played, but I've played every other one. Even when they were yearly franchise, when they used to come out every year. I mm. mean, if this is the replacement for it, I'm not sure what's better. I think we were the, <laughs> the peak was when they did um, Origins, which is the Egyptian one. That's when they sort of changed the formula. Mm. And then we got Odyssey a few years later. And then after that, we got Valhalla a mm. few years. And I was like, that's fine. That's like a nice gap between each game. Feels like they're actually putting some effort into this. And yet here we we, we are two years later. We've only just, or well, two years later, and a bit of change, just finished the Valhalla saga. The last mm. chapter's only just been delivered to us as well, which I do have a problem with also. Hold, <laughs> with holding like a, a key narrative point until two years down a roadmap. Mm. I'm like, come on! Like you got you what's got, the actual release date of this? I think it was it was November 2020. Right, it was in in and around the release week, I think, of the of the Xbox Series X. Mm. And again, I've blamed Phil for getting this game because if he just released a first party game, I might have just I would have probably gone and got that, and then this would have been left and may never have been picked up. But unfortunately, Phil offered me nothing, so I had to. Take a gamble, yeah. yeah, and this is what we ended up with. And I think you suggested to me to play this actually, because wow. <coughs> I, I wasn't, I didn't get, I was playing it on my Series X, no, yeah. my uh, One X, sorry, yes, um, and I started it on there, and then yeah, I was like, oh, but I remember you saying to me because I think we we're talking about Vikings, and you're like, oh, you should play. Have a look at that. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then, yeah, I ended up buying it. Well, I didn't know they were going to do you this to me. down that. Well, neither did I. Otherwise, perhaps I'd have said, no way. I ain't no. doing that. Well, look, we're going to ask the question about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Two years and change on. So this is including everything we've played and dabbled in in the mm. game. The expansions and, of course, the last chapter update, which is the final content update for the entire game, is, as they're saying now. This is from start to finish. It's a two-year journey we're trying to condense and think about and whether it deserves to go into the, the game and gallery. So what I've decided to do now going forward is rather than unlocking the doors of the gallery, mm. the doors should be always open. <laughs> There's someone on reception that we go to and say, look, do we go to the, you know, the owner's bar, which is upstairs, I've got a little suite up there, or do we take this through to the public exhibitions and start to pop something like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, post all the content into the gallery? So I'm going to make you go first on whether mm. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, as, as, a, as a total package, deserves a place in the gallery and amongst your personal showcase of video games? I mean, it's really difficult because <laughs> when you take the things as a bite size and different elements, it's kind of a different thing. And there's a whole, as we've discussed, there's a whole load of different ways you can look at this game from someone picking it up now to someone that's perhaps just completed the base game and then wants to do the DLCs and stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a tricky one. I think broadly speaking... I've given everything a bronze other than that Wrath of the Druids. Yeah. And therefore, it feels to me like it it deserves to, as a whole, be a bronze. Yeah. But I do have to say that that is by the skin of its teeth. Like, I could easily drop it out as well because yeah. there's so many things about the experience I don't like. And, you know, I have to be completely honest, if it wasn't for 
my love, if you like, of the Norse mythology, I wouldn't even played the game. Mm. And therefore, I feel like a large majority of what's kept me going is the is the Norse mythology. Yeah. And if you're not, I would put my caveat to the whole thing would be if you're not in some way invested in this Norse mythology, it doesn't get in. Yeah. And also, if you are, then go and play God of War. Yeah. And there is also that if you really want the <laughs> yeah. if you want the true story, you know that's the place to go. Yeah, that's fair enough. So Logan gives it a, a bronze, so it'll appear in his his personal exhibition in that tier. Um, oh, I ain't putting it in. I'm going to punish it for this <laughs> this audacious attempt, yeah. is what I would call it, to string yeah. along content and to mm. and again. Fair cop if people say you self-inflicted by playing it all. That's fair cop. But I like to put myself through the torture rack sometimes just as a case study to learn mm. from it and see, like, well, I'm not going to say moment to moment I hated every minute of playing the game. That's clearly not the case. It's not possible. Yeah. But I just feel like when I reflect back, I was like, that, wasn't a, that was not a good investment of my time in total. Mm. Like, in, in reality, the, the base game I felt was, but everything that came after that was just just about scraping and scrapping mm. and yeah i am did not enjoy a lot of that game post content the mm. base game had its problems where it was too long anyway and that was just mm. enhanced those those glaring issues that i had were just constantly enhanced every time i picked up the bloody game and went to it so therefore i will not be putting it into my personal showcase and that's the way it's got to be. It goes from a silver, a nice vanilla silver, down. It's just worn me down, as you can probably tell by my words and yeah. <laughs> demeanor. I think it has. It's worn both of us down, and I think. You know, what are you I, playing it for? Well, I can't answer well, that question because Ronnie it's likes like to the Walking things. Dead. Whatever it is, you get you get to a point of no return. Yeah, it's true. The Walking right? Dead. Is the one. You get to a point of no return where you go. Well, I have to see what where this goes. Otherwise, I mean, you know me. I'm quite happy with most things to go acceptable losses and walk away. Yeah. Like, uh, if it's really that atrocious, um, I mean, I can't say that I agree with how they've done it or that I've loved it. But you know, I didn't. I did start to hate it. Like that last DLC, the Dawn of Ragnarok, I found hard to do. Like yeah. more than any of them. Um, I mainlined the shit out of Dawn of Ragnarok. It was just like fast travel here, mm. bang, bang, main quest, yeah. bang, bang. And then it was asked me to find mm. fucking dwarfs huts. And I was like, yeah, give me the, give me the map marker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go there. Yeah, I'll go there. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, it, I, I can understand why you feel that way. And I imagine that if I picked this up now without ever having to play it and try to play it, I wouldn't, come up with it as a bronze it. I wouldn't be able to get through it no yeah I, 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 would, I mean Ronnie wouldn't allow it so I'd probably have to get through it but I'd be even more the only thing I can say that sort of saved me was playing it piecemeal broke up the monotony mm. some point because before it started it was over almost like mm. it was a weekend jobby for most of it at, at most so it wasn't like I was sitting there for 20 hours trying to grind through garbage mm. but I don't know, it's a bit of a shame for me because I did enjoy Valhalla and thought that was a good direction for it to go. I've enjoyed, since they changed the the format and the formula from Origins onward, I've enjoyed this sort of, this trilogy of games they've done as a whole. 
but they've really just overindulged with the content of this one and uh, you know it's, I sometimes say these developers get up their own arse and I think they're, they're up their own arse with this one for business reasons or for not it doesn't doesn't matter to me mm. ultimately it ended with a, a sour tasting game that just got progressively worse over time and I didn't enjoy yeah. you know from, from start to what they offer in the last chapter which is the complete Ivor story wasn't wasn't consistent enough to to me to warrant it so therefore Creed Valhalla does the unthinkable thing of dragging itself out of the gallery I mean the 20 the vanilla game will always be there I must say that showcase will always be there but yeah. as, as a complete package I can't do yeah. that anyway no. we're in at waffling just kicking the shit out of it more I think it's had its fair 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 share of lumps here getting punched and kicked and scratched at um I don't know what else to say about Valhalla and Assassin's Creed in general. I think we've both communicated where we will probably go for the next one for you. It's a hard no for me. The carrot will always be there because mm. we say Valhalla was like the walking dead. To me, the Assassin's Creed series is like that. So every time yeah. a new game pops up, I'm like, well, let's just mm. see what we've got Is this going to be the last one? Well, they never will, though, will they? Yeah. That's the thing. Nope. It's established itself as a well-known franchise and movies and all sorts of trash but mm. there we go a bronze for logan and a rare non-induction into my personal exhibition for the dimp digital gaming gallery nothing more for us to say here other than thanks for your time and ta-da This was a Dimp Digital production.